1: Simply subscribe to Locked On Kentucky. I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56, along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and a happy St. Patrick's Day to you, laddie. Oh, man. (laughs) Is it St.
0: Patrick's Day? It is. Is It is St. Patrick's Day. I I managed to not even know that, because Uh, we're locked in our homes. We have like cute little matching uh, uh, St. Patrick's Day outfits for my kids, and...
1: Did you, so you haven't put them on them? No, I totally forgot. Still I, guess do that.
0: I guess I'll dress them up in St. Patrick's Day gear.
1: But yeah, you'll have to do that. Uh, yeah, a friend of mine has his 40th birthday on St. Patrick's Day. Oh, wow. And he lives in um, in Georgia. And he has a friend who has a place near Savannah. And you know Savannah has that huge St. Patrick's Day parade and party place. Uh, like it's like a week long event down there. Like they close down the streets and everything. And Savannah's Uh-oh. beautiful anyway, but St. Patrick's Day is like Savannah's thing, and so he had been planning his fortieth birthday, you know, to be in Savannah and like take the weekend off, and or I mean take the week off and and be down there for like a big week long fortieth birthday celebration, and uh, he feels like he's been cheated now because well, they canceled yeah. the parade and you know none of that's going on and. There's, so. there's going
0: to be a bunch of people that, uh, when this is all over, go, man, really missed out on a big thing in my life. Um, yeah. I saw, I saw somebody tweeting about one thing I did not even really thought about is like high school seniors, like yeah. miss, missing proms, missing graduation, you know, probably not going to get to walk the stage and get their diploma that they've spent, you know, all these yes. years.
1: Yeah, but, I did uh, a really stupid thing last night. Um, the the prom thing makes me think of this. Is I watched uh, Contagion before I went to bed,
0: <laughs> and I watched I watched Outbreak.
1: <laughs> That's really funny.
0: Contagion is on Netflix, right? And Outbreak um, is on or is it vice versa. One of, them's on, one of them yeah. is on Prime and one of them is on uh, Netflix cuz I saw both as options. Uh, those yeah. both both those streaming services have pushed those movies to the front of the Yes you they might, have. you might be interested in which is ridiculous. <laughs> like <laughs> you might be interested in Panic. Here you go. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, so Contagion was going along at a pace where like, ooh, this is, you know, this is mirroring uh, what's going on. You know, this is all, the only thing with contagion is the mortality rate was much higher, which it has to be. It has to be much more dramatic than, right. you know, but it's like, it's killing one out of four. Uh, and then, and then it turns into rioting, rioting in the grocery store. Um, people, you know, just uh, going nuts and, and breaking into homes and all this stuff. But Matt Damon's daughter in the movie um she's she's just like a senior in high school and so and she can't see her boyfriend and so he puts on like prom at their house like decorates the living room all up and says prom night and buys her a dress and and invites the boyfriend over who has now been like uh given the vaccine and so yeah (laughs) you think about it though i mean you're a senior in high school there's There's only one prom your senior year.
0: Yeah, they're not going to redo prom, I don't think. No. Uh,
1: Can't really reschedule that.
0: Although, who knows? I mean, maybe these kids will finish school in the summertime. At this point, you know, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds and spend a whole podcast talking about coronavirus again. But, you know, I'm really starting to wonder, you know, is college football in the fall? I think we've all assumed this is like – well, this wiped out spring sports, but by fall, everything will be back on schedule. Yeah. I'm really not sure that it will be. Um, I don't know because they're, they're still, they're still projecting that like the worst of this is a few weeks out. And then from that point on, there'll be more dramatic measures to sort of shut it down. Mm
1: -hmm. And then that's going
0: to take weeks before anybody feels comfortable sort of gearing life back up again. I don't know, you know, and, and, Even if, like, schedule-wise, they could start games on time, like life was back to normal, how deep into the preparation is this going to cut? Like, spring football's over. Uh, Weightlifting, you know, summer strength and conditioning may not happen. Right. Uh, If that happens, can you really – I mean, is it really wise to go play a football season (laughs) without, you know, all your normal pre-season prep and off-season work? You know, we had our our LSU writer at The Athletic had a story today about all these, like, six variations of a do-it-yourself workout plan that LSU football sent players home with. Mm. It was based on, like, what they have available. Like, do they have a gym? Do they have weights at home? If not, like, then do this. But, like, imagine if you're not, like, a genetic freak like Herschel Walker preparing for SEC football season by just doing push-ups and sit-ups all summer. (laughs) <laughs> you know yeah. whatever calisthenics and like how hard are these guys gonna push them we, we see how strength coaches push these guys and how they push each other by being in the weight room together like nobody's nobody's going as hard doing p90x in their basement or whatever
1: uh, no it's just, you're not being held accountable I'm, so i just don't. you don't, don't really have a schedule started, to keep
0: yeah i have really started to think about be way beyond this spring session and like what's it going to be like in the fall and, oh, well, this, this, this is a Kentucky thing we should mention. It appears now that the Kentucky Derby is going to be run on the same day as Kentucky football season opener unless they move it. Right. And yeah, if they that happens. scheduled
1: it for September 5th.
0: Ain't nobody going to the Kentucky football season opener against eastern Michigan. No. So no, no. I, now we have to wonder, does you know Kentucky try to move it to Sunday? Or, or Friday? Or Monday? You know, Labor Day, Monday? I don't know.
1: Yeah, I think I think they need to really think about it. Uh, I mean, what would be so bad about a um, a Labor Day noon kickoff? You know,
0: right? Because you know, there's already like probably there's usually a Labor Day prime time game, but I think that's yes. almost always the only game on Labor Day. Right. So you could own you know cookout. Everybody's doing their cookout and watching, uh, watching you play nationally. That could be a good thing for Kentucky.
1: Yeah, I think ESPN would like it. The only problem is, is the short week. You know, the short week coming back on the other side of the football um, calendar for you. But I think if they, it feels like to me right now, right now it feels like the information we're getting is the uh, eight weeks seems like the the amount of time before we were maybe able to resume. And th- that's all fluid. That'll that'll change whatever. But it's feel It feels like April, May. Once we get to June, things should start getting back to normal. If, if everything goes the way they're thinking it will, which they, they don't know that for sure, but that's, it feels that way. So if you get to June, uh, those guys can come in in July and have a month, uh, because August, you've got four weeks before you kick off four weeks of practice before you get a kickoff. Uh, So, I don't know. Uh, Yeah, it's definitely going to be different. And with the Derby already going to September 5th, both Louisville and Kentucky will um, 100% have to consider moving their games to Sunday or Monday. Because that Uh, Sunday is no – there is no NFL that Sunday. Yeah. It's the Sunday before the NFL season starts.
0: And, by the way, there's – as I look at this, I should have looked before I opened my mouth. There's no way they're moving that game to Monday, and probably not Sunday. Maybe Friday, because the seven days after the Eastern Michigan opener, they're at Florida.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah, they're not. They're not going to play at Florida on five days rest or four days rest. No, uh, no, no, no. So I think Friday would maybe be the only option. But even then, that's Oaks. If they're, I assume, if they're running Derby, it only. is. Uh, yeah. But what I mean, what are you gonna do? I mean, they may just have to eat it. You know, <laughs> they may, they might yeah. just have to say, "Look, this is when the game is," and you know, we weren't probably weren't gonna sell out for Eastern Michigan anyway. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's a bad situation that they have a game they could really use moving up against the next week on the road at Florida, and that's a that's a hugely important game. I mean, if they have a realistic goal in their mind of going to win the East, they must win that game. Yeah. Um, so anyway.
1: All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, John Calipari spoke uh, on his final radio show of the season Monday night. He had some interesting things to say, which we will discuss when we return on the Locked on Kentucky podcast. You are locked on Kentucky. Your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. We're back here on the Lockdown Kentucky podcast. And Kyle, I'm sure you've been getting uh, emails from businesses like everyone has about, you know, their plans and different things they're doing and to just reassure you of things. Like I saw that, you know, Joseph A. Bank says, Hey, we're going to shut down our stores uh, at least through the end of March. We're still, you know, open online. Buy um, one, get three free. Right. Uh,
0: <laughs> it's always, I love that about Joseph A. Bank.
1: But, you know, everybody, um, uh, Sending out stuff. Logan's of Lexington, uh, the very nice men's shop, is going to close their doors. They're they're offering drive-up service. Like, if you call ahead, shop online, call ahead, and be like, yeah, I want that hat. They'll bring it out to your car or deliver it to you. Oh, wow. So, And I, I'm not shilling for, for them. I just thought it was cool. But my favorite email yet that I've received from a business came today. It is from Valvoline, and it says... The, the the title the heading of it is, oil changes in a time of COVID nineteen.
0: <laughs> uh, that's going to be the title of the uh, historical <laughs> anthology that I write about this, or the, or the or or the or the romantic love in the time of cholera, and uh, <laughs> the the sequel to love in the time of cholera is uh, oil changes in the time of COVID nineteen. Oh, <laughs>
1: It's already a stay in your car, oil change experience where you just, I mean, all the guy has to do is wear a mask, you know, and, but, but washing his hands, the oil's killing that. I mean, you don't have to worry about that. I mean, guys who work at a a Valvoline, they've got stuff under their fingernails from years ago. Um, (laughs) just, uh, grease on their hands. That's just, you know, never coming off. So anyway, uh, (laughs) <laughs> that uh that was not what i was thinking about that was not what i was i was worried about was my oil change all right so yeah. john calipari he, he's had his final radio show of the season um uh, monday night and uh, he began by talking about you know just the, the end of the year there and the florida game and uh he referred to as the last week he referred to we had a mini crisis is what he called it at the end of the season but he said what told him everything was going to be okay is that when the players when they came back and did he said we went really hard for two days and his staff told him to not let up on the competitiveness to go hard entering that sec tournament so i guess you know monday tuesday or tuesday wednesday whatever yeah uh, but John Calipari said he went back and he told them – he had the whole team together, including Ashton Haggins, and told them, okay, break up into first and second team, two units. And so the first team had, you know, their jerseys one way. Second team started putting their jerseys the other way. Calipari said he intentionally turned his back not to tell them, you know, who goes where. And that Higgins, uh put himself on the second team because he had, you know, just missed a game and argued with his coach on the sideline and all that stuff and he said the first team guys said no ashton what are you doing what are you doing put put on that first team jersey and calipari said after that i knew we would be fine and actually he goes something like we were going to win the whole thing yeah we were going to win the national title
0: yeah uh, it it really sounds like when cal talks both when he was on sports center the night of and doing this radio show um it sounds like he's a sad dude. I mean, you know, predictably, of course, but it sounds like he's really bummed. And, uh, I mean, what a what a gut punch when he said uh, that when they found out on the bus their season was over, they came back and they played pickup one last time, and then they all sat down and cried together. Uh, yeah. And,
1: you know. They had found out on the bus that there was going to be no NCAA tournament, so they knew that when they returned – that was it. from Nashville this was their last time together
0: yeah yeah and when he, t- when he said they sat down and cried Tom leach was on with him he went oh <laughs> I mean it's you know it's sad that's sad to think about um, yeah you know, I, the one thing is I've thought some about is that you know basketball is the one sport that happens like that all the time like your season is just very suddenly over mm-hmm. um, for almost everybody. You know, everybody thinks they're going to keep playing and winning, and then they, then all but one team loses and it's over. Um, and so guys are sort of used to the nature of a sudden excuse me a sudden ending. But it uh, it's always like at their, they always have something to say about it, right? Like they're it's because they they didn't win a game and they know when they leave the court there they somebody beat them and that's why it's over.
1: Yeah, and, they know going into right, it this right, could be the final right. game. Yeah,
0: I mean for, for Kentucky, it was like, come off the high of winning this huge comeback, you know, without Ashton at Florida, you've got everybody going, oh man, maybe they are made of the right stuff, you know, and apparently hearing Cal talk, uh, you know, they look great in practice and all the, you know, all the sort of, all the sort of, um, um, intangible things you would look for, like, do we have championship DNA? You know, he seemed like he was seeing those things and believing in that team. And I think they believed in themselves and then their season was cut off. So suddenly they didn't even get to play a game in the conference tournament. Like it wasn't, yeah. you know, you, you don't go into the, you, the, the conference tournament, especially for Kentucky is almost an afterthought because it's like our season's not ending no matter what happens here. Just go play. Um, next, next week we'll worry about getting eliminated every time we take the court, but for them, they didn't even get that. And then it's just done. And, uh, I would imagine that was a pretty big shock to all those guys' systems. I I, I especially think about the handful of teams that really genuinely could, could, you know, believe they could win the thing. You know, Kansas, Kentucky, Dayton, incredibly, Gonzaga, um, you know, maybe a few others that were like the legitimate title contenders. Yeah. Um, That would be, I think that would just be, a miserable, especially if you're Kansas, which is like pretty now, pretty well a consensus like favorite. You know, they were number right. one team in the rankings. Uh, Evan, you talked about yesterday. Evan Daniels did polled 100 and something coaches and assistant coaches in college basketball, and they were the overwhelming choice. Like everybody thinks Kansas was the best team going into it. To be that right. group of guys and not just have no closure and it's through nothing you did of, on the court, no fault of your own, would be, I think, maddening to me. I think it would just eat at me forever, for the rest of my life.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you would know that. Yeah, because yeah, it, it, that each year is different, obviously, and especially in this day and age of college basketball, where you have so much turnover from year to year, you don't know when you're going to have that team again. Now, Kansas is more likely to have one of those teams again much more quicker than Dayton will, uh, but still, uh, for anyone, it doesn't matter. That that particular group right there, when it starts to come together, when that, that group meshes, and I think Calipari said something to the effect of this particular group of players got it quicker than he could remember, like as far as taking ownership of the team, understanding uh, what has to be done and how it has to be done, and I think a lot of that had to do with having Ashton Hagen's, Nick Richards, E.J. Montgomery, Manuel quickly, and and their mindsets coming in, just uh, how the, how they wanted to handle this, especially for Nick and, and Quick. Yeah. Uh, but he, it's going to be so hard to happen, like, next season. Will he have more talent? Maybe, probably. Uh, but will they get it as quickly? Well, no. There's going to be so many freshmen that he's relying on that – no, it's, it's not going to be like this. Um, as far as quickly, though, you know, there were two guys that he – were well, three guys, really, that he zeroed in on when mentioning who's gone, who's coming back. Um, he said that all of them will, you know, get a chance to find out what the NBA thinks of them. But, you know, as far as that goes – it's very unclear if there is going to be an NBA draft combine, if these guys are going to be able to audition in front of teams, all that stuff. It may just be straight up what the, what the NBA personnel and the scouts and stuff know at this point right now about each of these players. And just based on that, that's, that's what you get. That's what you got to go on. You don't have anything else to go on. Right. So he said, Calipari did that. Um, you know, what if, what if Emmanuel quickly comes back, uh, you know, he, he's got a decision to make. Uh, what if EJ comes back? He's got a decision to make. And then he mentioned Nate Sestina wants to come back if he, yeah. if they grant another year, uh, of eligibility, um, for, for, uh, I guess for EJ, though, he said if he puts his name in, it's the second time, so he would have to stay.
0: But he got that wrong. He had, he actually immediately corrected himself uh, because John Hale uh, of the Creator Journal posted a screenshot of like the actual rule book. It's, <laughs> it's it's not right. He could put his name in and still come back.
1: You could do um, it as many times as you want. I,
0: uh, I don't know if you can do it as many times as you want. I, John's got it out there, but... Um. Anyway, he could come back, but so that's yeah. not an issue. Now, I also don't think the NCAA is going to let seniors get another year in basketball. Um, no, because... and
1: Calipari brought up so many different uh, scenarios, so many different variables, so many different things that. How do you address this? How do you address that? When it comes to giving seniors an extra year of eligibility, yeah. I don't. I don't see it for college basketball and even if it was for college basketball i think you would almost have to limit it to the teams that were still alive at that point uh you can't give it to you know a a team that lost in the first round of the ovc tournament you know or a team that didn't even make the ovc well that
0: yeah i mean that's the problem you you had a bunch of you had a bunch of guys who played their entire career out (laughs) yeah i mean they finished Yeah. So, uh, you know, I guess you'd have to just make guys apply on a waiver and consider it case by case. But can you imagine the nightmare that is? And and the nightmare of of managing rosters and having to say, oh, well, we're going to have to make, you know, this yeah. team is going to get 17 scholarships next year. Um, it's
1: not feasible. I just don't think it yeah. is.
0: No, and it stinks. There's, they don't get to finish. But, um, you know, this is not like spring sports who got robbed of an entire season, basically. Uh, these guys got right. to play out a, an entire year they got their senior nights um you know they got their final home game to have a senior night uh conference championships regular season were decided so it's hard for me to say that that you you do hate it for all those guys and nate but i just i i don't see that it's one feasible and two really especially necessary um yeah so um What was I gonna say? Oh, the one one thing I wanted to mention about what Cal said about quickly and EJ is that you have to consider is he met with those guys, he sat down with those guys and probably their families. I would assume some of their families came came to get them, Mm -hmm. Um, and so he has some. He's not just like guessing. And I don't I don't think Cal would put out about EJ and you know Emmanuel. What if Emmanuel comes back? If that wasn't on the table, right? Um, and so I and I think it is on the table. I think it's uh, you know up in the air, but they they have a they can make a very strong case to Emmanuel about coming back, and especially the biggest. You know, Kentucky may be a big winner in this. You know, likely no combine, likely no workouts for teams. Which right, the way, the way it seems to be going, because the marginal guys need that. Like Emmanuel quickly needs to get a workout and go shoot the lights out. And yeah. he needs to go to a workout and say, okay, put me on the ball, you know, and I'll, we'll play five-on-five five with other prospects, and I'll play point guard for you. Um, if he can't do that, then the only way he can show the NBA he's ready for where they want him to play is to come back to Kentucky. Um, and so they, they, I think they have a very strong case to make to him. And EJ is yeah. not on anybody's draft board right now. Um, right. You know, Emmanuel is. He's still He's considered a second-round option. In most of the sort of mocks and things, but uh, EJ still is not there, and he has an incredible case right in front of his face in Nick Richards for right. what you know what you can do in that third year, and that it's okay. Like, there's just not been a lot. I think it's I think everybody kind of gets now that like coming back as a sophomore is fine, coming back yeah. as a junior is a little tougher sell because not a lot of guys do that. Especially at Kentucky, there's really only ever been one that didn't do it for any reason other than injury. Uh, well, and even with injury, I mean, Willie Cauley, I guess Willie Collie Stein and Alex Poitras, right? Um, yeah. For one, didn't get drafted and one that helped him a ton um, before Nick. And so, you know, you go, ah, if I come back as a junior, do people like, then do people just say I was like not good enough and pick apart all my flaws? I don't think EJ's in that boat, though. He's not a guy that feels it all maxed out to me, and I think anybody paying attention would see that, like you know he's climbing, and with another year to physically get there he could he could i think he could be have a better year than Nick Richards had um so i really I, I think that'll be yeah, oh yeah, because the thing about Nick is he had like four things he could do offensively, and if he didn't do those, if he didn't get the ball in those situations, it wasn't gonna go well, <clears throat> you know the baseline jumper uh the post up on the block and, and get in the lane for the jump hook. Catch the lob and the basically the put back. <laughs> you know, like yeah. those maybe the elbow jumper from time to time. But he wasn't, you know, really creating for himself a lot. He wasn't like in certain situations he was just not you, you couldn't like you couldn't necessarily throw just throw the ball into Nick in any in any scenario and, it, and he was gonna work out. Yeah. Um I think EJ Potentially could have a much more diverse offensive repertoire. Like he's a guy who could really score for for them at times if he needed to, um, and I think he could be a terrific, terrific shot blocker for them um, with a little more physicality. And so I, I I don't I wouldn't be shocked if he came back and had a better year than Nick did this year. Yeah. Or well, as good. we did
1: On that, we'll take a break. Our final segment coming up, we'll uh, discuss a little bit more of what Calipari said, including a discussion of Rick Patino and Iona when the Locked On Kentucky podcast continues. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Kentucky is a great way for your local business to reach passionate UK fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with UK fans, and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on Locked On Kentucky. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcasts.com forward slash advertising. Let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcasts.com forward slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you.
0: This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day.
1: Okay, we're back here on the Locked On Kentucky podcast. And uh, right before we went to break there, we were talking about uh, the possibility of Emmanuel Quickley and E.J. Montgomery returning to Kentucky for what would be Quickley's uh, junior year and, well, both of their junior years. Um, and still, I, I think every single season when you look around college basketball, you notice there are players, some of the top players in the country, who are juniors or seniors. I mean, you look at Miles Powell. Um, uh, what is Marcus Howard? I don't know what year he is. I think he was um, a senior. Yeah, but I mean, th- it happens. So it's it's it's. I mean, and you know, Duke and um, Kansas, places like that. Of course, they have freshmen and. Uh, that they expect to be one and done, and that, yeah, Marcus Howard is a senior. But it still happens in college basketball. It's still okay to be junior Nick Richards and be junior E.J. Montgomery or be junior Emmanuel quickly. I mean, it, it's fine. It's not going to uh, stop them from... And the further you go, if you're very talented, the, the, the better chance you may have of being one of the top players in all of college basketball because there's so many underclassmen leaving each season. So I, I think in my mind, I think Emmanuel quickly and EJ Montgomery are both coming back. That just feels like uh, the right thing uh, for both of them to do, but you know, I I guess we'll know. We don't, I I say we would know 10 days after the NBA draft combine, which is like May 24th. I think that's out the window now. (laughs) Right. right? I mean, if it's, if
0: it doesn't exist, I don't, that's an arbitrary deadline. Um, that's another thing they're probably trying to work through. Like, what is the deadline now? Um, those guys can get feedback from the advisory committee still, you know, they'll, they'll still get those little, you know, things back that, um, give their grade, you know, their draft grade where, where first grade, you know, lottery pick late first, second, all that stuff. Um, but that's, I I assume that's going to be all the information they get before they have to make the decision. So I don't know when those will come. Um I think it's very realistic, you know, not not necessarily saying it's going to happen, but a realistic possibility that they both come back. And if that happens, if they have Emmanuel Quickly and E. J. Montgomery back and Johnny Juzang and Keon Brooks back and all those freshmen, um I they I would think they'd be no worse than preseason top two. Yeah. You know, if not yeah. number one.
1: All right, one more thing that John Calipari said uh, worth noting on his radio show was that uh, he did he did call uh, Rick Patino, as Patino said, reached out to him um, on Sunday and just wished him well. He said they didn't talk scheduling at all. Um, and he said it was, it was nothing more than I would just, you know, nothing more than saying he's been, I know he's been through a tough time and just letting him know. Glad to see you're, you know, back on your feet again here. Uh, and then he said, you know, as far as the game in Madison Square Garden with Iona, you know, we didn't talk anything about that, but you know, I, I could imagine uh, a game against Iona in Rupp Arena uh, is something <laughs> that we would consider, and our fans would be uh, positive about that. He said, heck, our fans were positive after the loss to Evansville. I mean, they could be positive about this that absolutely you're living in a fantasy world, John Calipari that, I mean, there are some things you try to talk into happening and I know right. you, you get your message out there and, and, uh, it does have an effect on people, but this one, this one you're wrong about, uh, you're talking about a coach, uh, that's done many things to, to get the, uh, kind of, uh, the fan base turned completely against him. But, uh, I mean, the, was it the last time he was in Rupp Arena? He flipped off the fans. Yeah, on his way out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. I believe that
0: was his his uh, grand finale. Yeah, there's there, the booze would be thunderous. Yeah, if Rick Petino came back to Rupp Arena, and there's no chance Rick Petino would bring his team to Rupp Arena. I don't think.
1: No, I don't think. He, I think he would know better. I mean, there was a reason he didn't come back for the. Was it the '93 team that they? kind of brought back together, I think. Yeah, one of those recently, yeah. Uh Uh-huh, and he's like, yeah, I can't make it. Because he knows. Rick Pitino knows better than Calipari is being very optimistic in his thoughts here. But, yeah, Iona is not coming to Rupp because uh, I think Rick Pitino knows that those fans – most of them can't stand him. I'm sure he does have plenty of friends still here in Lexington, but you're talking about a, you're talking about Rupp Arena, Kentucky fans. I mean, the, the majority of those people, I, I wager money on this, the majority of the people in those seats uh, at a game of Iona at Kentucky would boo Rick Petino.
0: Oh, yeah. It would be, I mean, yeah, he would get crushed. I don't, I don't think hardly any of them would cheer for him. Uh, no. He left, he left, you know, as you said, last last time in Rupp, he flipped the bird. He left the state under, you know, nefarious circumstances. Uh, people think he's a liar and a cheater and, you know, all those things and his rivalry with Cal and all those things. Like, no, there's no chance that he would get anything but booed.
1: Well, I mean, he's making this big splash. It's ironic. I mean, whether you th- think he's a liar or not, he is whether he believes he's lying at the time he says it uh, is another thing but you know uh, he had that interview with Dan Patrick 2 years ago where he said yeah this is it for me in college basketball nah, that's it nah, forget <laughs> it and he turns around and says uh, uh that this will be his last job you know tells Dan Patrick that it's just I funny that it, yeah it's just funny how it turns around 2 years later and he's back on Dan Patrick after telling Dan Patrick, "Yeah, this is it for me in college basketball," and the next time he's on, it's "Oh, hey, I am back in college basketball." And then, and you know, the the next thing he said that came out was that, um, he should have Louisville should have fired him. He should have been fired by Louisville. Oh, no, that was the, the right the, that was the right thing to do. At the time, uh, he didn't think it was the right thing to do. As a matter of fact, he wrote a book presenting his case for why he shouldn't be fired at that time. Uh, the whole reason for that of course is because he was owed money on a contract that if he got fired, he didn't get. So he didn't think he should be fired at the time because he needed the money that he was owed on his contract. Right. That's the only reason he didn't think he should have been fired. Now that the case is settled, and that lawsuit is over and all that stuff's done he can say yeah they should have fired me. which
0: <laughs> uh, yeah which is, of course they should have yeah the, which
1: the, is a good also, way to you know endear yourself back to the people yeah uh, i should have been fired yeah absolutely <laughs> there's also
0: he went on a his book tour uh, a couple years ago trying to sell his book and went on ESPN and he said i wrote this book for closure for me and my family to the game I love the game. I still eat, sleep, and drink it. I watch every minute of it. I watch your show. I can't get enough of it, but I'm not going to coach again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not going to coach again. Yeah. Boy. Okay.
1: Yep. Oh, there's plenty my, of those to come. My Wait until we
0: have... My days of putting on my gym shorts and trying to get people better are over, he said. These, are, these quotes are great. Rick Pitino is one of the biggest liars in the history of college basketball. <laughs> I mean just uh, like big and little things like it would the guy get injured and uh you know he may be out for 3 months and he plays the next game you know like all those stupid little things this is this here at uh, IUPUI is the greatest environment I've ever been a part of
1: uh, yeah like, okay man well, grand canyon I, he said that at grand yeah. canyon he actually did say that
0: and grand canyon has a cool crowd like they have this uh, we have a Andy Staples wrote a story for The Athletic about like what they've done to like create something out of thin air like didn't have a yeah. program and they they like basically have the students like have all the best seats which people think Rep Arena should do uh yeah. and they have a party in the stands like they have a great environment but Rick you've played like you've played in every gym in America and I'm quite sure that Grand Canyon does not have the greatest road environment you've ever been in
1: now, he said it was tougher than playing in Rupp Arena. Well, his yeah. words and Cameron Indoor Stadium. His words. Mm. You can you can go and watch that press conference right now. He's it's uh, out there.
0: He's just he's <laughs> just a, he's a ridiculous person. He's a great coach. He's an absolutely ridiculous caricature of a of a human.
1: Well, of course you know there is no way possible that he had anyone back channel reach out to. Louisville's uh, Darius Perry, who's entered right. the transfer portal. Yeah,
0: probably no chance he'll end up at Iona.
1: No chance at all, especially since Rick Patino recruited him from Georgia. Um, I tell you what, something else to look out for is Samford just fired Scott Padgett. Um, Scott Paget may be a candidate to be on Rick Pitino's Iona staff. I don't know.
0: I love me some Scott Paget after he went after the ref. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: that was great. Uh, but it's it's going to be fun uh, to listen to Rick Pitino because you know he will play. You know there'll be somebody on uh, a Siena team that he will say is a better shooter than Larry Bird. Uh, you know his he'll have someone he'll play against that's you know better shot blocker than Akeem Olajuwon. Or <laughs> we'll hear the great analogies, the best shooter he's ever seen in his entire career, including you know better. And I coach Tony Delk, and he, this kid's better than him. All that stuff is coming, so it'll be entertaining at the least. All right, we will continue to entertain you the rest of this week. Uh, we'll, we'll keep it coming here. We'll find a way. Um, and so, yeah, just keep coming back. Remember to uh, subscribe and all that stuff. Follow our our um, Twitter accounts and tweet at us content, questions, whatever you got out there. We'll, we'll probably come up with some fun uh, little things to have on here. Uh, give you a break from all of this. Cause I mean, it's, it's all we got right now is just more cancellations and worry and concern. And I do not recommend watching outbreak or, <laughs> or contagion. contagion. Yeah. But uh, if you want to break away from that, we'll we'll try to provide you a little relief from that every day here. So follow us on Twitter. I'm at D R I E F F e r and Kyle is at Kyle Tucker
0: underscore a T H.
1: All right, guys, thanks for listening. Have a great rest of your week or a great, what is tomorrow? Wednesday. Yeah, a daily reminder of what day it is. Have a great, (laughs) have have a great rest of your Tuesday, and then have a great Wednesday. We'll talk to you then.
0: You are locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.